Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Renee Rosinski. Renee is a human resources professional who has worked in HR consulting and led HR teams within a variety of environments, including higher ed, finance, and startups. After a seven-year career break, Renee recently began an organizational development role. In this episode, Renee is going to speak with us about her non-linear job search and how networking helped her land her dream job. Renee, welcome to 321 iRelaunch. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, we're very excited to have this conversation, and I want to know if you could start by telling us about your career path that led up to your career break and then why you ended up taking a career break. Sure, definitely. Um, But first, I do want to acknowledge that uh, I have immense privilege to, number one, be able to take time off of work, and number two, to thoughtfully return to a wonderful job and company that fits my life as it is now. This is not mm-hmm. the case for so many people. Um, but onto my uh, yeah, career path. I, so so you mentioned um, my nonlinear job search. Well, my yeah. career path was also highly nonlinear. <laughs> I, began, uh, I began thinking that I wanted to do something in academia. Um, I even thought about doing a PhD program. My first job was at a social science research center, and I uh, focused mainly on uh, survey research. Uh, during my three years at the center, my responsibilities increased quite a bit. And I I soon found myself managing a large group of people at a pretty young age. So as you can imagine, I became extremely friendly with the university's HR department. That's how I accidentally moved into HR. Mm-hmm. Um, they the, the HR department had an opening. Um, they were willing to take a chance on me. I had absolutely zero background. My degree is in urban studies. You know, I was not an HR person. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it was, it turned out to be just a job I absolutely loved. And I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, my boss and what he taught Mm -hmm. me and how he mentored me. Um, this, uh, Tom Johnston, if you've ever heard this podcast, I'm speaking to you. Uh, (laughs) Right. I love it. (laughs) So after uh, after a few years with Temple's HR department, um, I did feel that I hit kind of a ceiling in terms of career growth, and I think I think in an environment like a university, that's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I decided to kind of like see what was out there. I leveraged some of my connections, and I was able to move over to an absolutely amazing HR consulting firm. It's called Mercer. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah, and it, it's again not accidentally, but it is sort of just being in the right place at the right time. Uh, they were looking for someone who had not just HR experience, but also survey research experience. So mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people out there like that. They, right. you know, they knew of me, um, and I also, uh, you know, knew enough consultants at the firm who were happy to recommend me. So that worked out. Just again, right place, right time. Timing was amazing. Uh, so, so I was at Mercer. My work there was really data heavy. It included, like I said, survey design, data analysis, uh, some writing, 
a lot of client facing time. And again, I completely lucked out with managers. Um, Beth Umlin, Anne Marie Hart, thank you. You were <laughs> wonderful, wonderful women. Uh, and again, it makes all the difference in the world. I, mm-hmm. you know, managers are what makes people stay or makes people leave. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So about three years into my job at Mercer, um, I sort of just kept feeling myself being drawn back to that wanting that internal in-house HR type of experience that I had had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I had connected with a really wonderful old mentor and advocate, and he encouraged me to apply to some of Mercer's sister's companies to to HR openings within them, uh, internal roles. Um, so I did that. Uh, one came up. It was, again, kind of a good mix for my background. It was... Um, kind of half project management, which had been kind of all three of my jobs prior to that, and also an HR business partner. Uh, And I was there, that job, I was only there for a year because I got, I started to get really, really excited about tech and startups. Mm -hmm. I had a few Mm -hmm. friends, uh, probably like five good friends make the move from a corporate job like mine over into the the startup community. And, you know, there's challenges and risks to any kind of new company, but there's also such, such immense potential for growth. And I think at that time in my career, that's what I was looking for. And um, I was... I was lucky enough to be offered a position with a company called Shutterstock, and I just I, I couldn't turn it I've down. I've heard of them. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They have a photo content. They're mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. And again, yeah, I can't I can't thank them enough for the experience they gave me. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my career path up until mm-hmm. my break. Shutterstock was my last job. I I was there. If I already said this. Apologies for repeating. I was there for about a year. What I'm, what I'm about to say next might be a little triggering for for some of those of us who've experienced pregnancy loss. I just mm-hmm. want to put a warning out there. If you want to skip over the next minute or two, feel free. Thank you. Yeah. I, so the reason I left Shutterstock, I... I had a pretty traumatizing pregnancy loss. Uh, I had had a few miscarriages in the past, but this this specific loss really hit me hard. Along with it came postpartum depression, which is actually really, really common. We don't talk enough about it, but we should. Mm-hmm. For me, it felt like just this double whammy. I, you know, I had all these emotions. I had this postpartum, but I had no baby, and it was it, it was just hard. Hard, mm-hmm. understatement hard. Right. My husband, yeah. So at that point, my husband and I just thought, you know, it's time for me to take a break. You know, whatever that looks like, however that however that may pan out, it just, I wasn't in a good spot mentally from, from that trauma. And I, I quit my job. And, uh, and then um, in the months following, very shortly actually after, mm-hmm. um, I became pregnant again, and this time it was successful, and I had a baby girl. And then, wow. uh, yeah, and then we had a exactly a year later we had a baby boy, so it all happened rather fast. So I, I, you know, I it I, that time off and just starting my family 
I can't, I can't be thankful enough for my, you know, for my husband to, he supported me through it. He, you know, emotionally, financially, again, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, really appreciate your generosity in sharing something so personal. And I know that this is meaningful to so many people in our audience. So thank you for that. Um, Renee, I, I wanted to know, um, well, let's skip to the part where, you know, you're in the middle of your career break, you're home with your two children. Um, can you talk about uh, that period, how long you were home with them, and at what point you were starting to think about going back to work? Because I remember um, in a separate conversation, you said that you had a number of false starts when you <laughs> thought you were ready to return to the uh, to the workforce, and then ultimately decided you were not ready. And I want to know what that felt like, and how did you figure out when you were really ready to relax? Okay, I love this question. I. And I think I hear everyone say this, I, you know, you go into a career break for, for whatever reason, and you think you might take six months, a year, maybe two years. I don't think a lot of people plan to take, you know, closer to a decade like I did. Mm-hmm. That was certainly <laughs> not my plan. <laughs> um, but life sort of, you know, it works out how it works out. Uh, let me th- Let me think back to... Okay, false starts. So when my kids were two and three, and you know, I felt like we were getting to a slightly, slightly easier place in terms of childcare, mm-hmm. um, and you know, they were almost preschool age. It was kind of like, okay, now's the time to really probably begin my search. Mm-hmm. So that was probably around like early 2018, I'm gonna say, and then. You know, as I was kind of gearing up and sort of preparing my resume, reconnecting with my network, my husband got a job offer in Boston. So we decided to relocate. You know, as a family, we thought it was kind of a nice move. It was a great job opportunity. Um, so that put a, sh- a shutdown. <laughs> we were in the New York New York area, so that put a, a put a stop to my uh, searching mm-hmm. and. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to give it up completely. So I applied for some positions once we got to Boston. I I will tell you, during that time was my absolute worst interview ever in my life. And please (laughs) tell us about that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'm in Boston. You know, I had a lot of life adjustments in general. I had moved. I was trying to get my kids you know, into daycare and preschools if possible. And um, this was before I took your conference. So I just want to point that out too. Okay. (laughs) I didn't have a lot of, uh, I hadn't really gone out there seeking a lot of advice about interviewing tips and the importance of being prepared. So uh, I was not. I, um, you know, here was me. I hadn't been on an interview in over four years, but I, you know, in the past I've had my fair share of tough ones. So I thought, I thought I could do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I researched the company and the role and I, um, you know, I asked during the telephone interview what their pain points were. And I really think I tried to do, do what I normally would have done pre break You know, I was kind of just relying on what skills worked for me before I had had a a long period of unemployment. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I did not practice before I had this in-person interview, and that is completely what sunk me. So just, just I'm going to put a piece of advice out there. Practice, practice, and practice some more, even if you're just talking to yourself and recording it and playing it back. It would have helped me a lot. <laughs> Well, so I hope everyone's listening. Practice out loud. So Renee's saying, say it out loud, even yeah. if you're saying it to yourself. That is such an important part of the process. You'll be more it confident, is. and you'll you'll do better. You will, and I, you know, I think video yourself, you know, video yeah. voice memo, whatever you need to do, wherever it strikes you, just try practice. Um, but anyway, so I go in. I had. I think I was interviewing with about four or five people, which for, for jobs I've had in the past is not is not uncommon. So I was like, okay, I, I, I can do this. The first interview, and I think this was maybe 8.30 in the morning, you know, my, my first interviewer comes in and throws a business case study at me. I don't know if anyone's familiar wow. with case studies. Well, yeah. yeah, case interviews, right. And yeah. That, um, let me just say for the audience, that's when you're presented with a dilemma that a person's facing or a company's facing and they want you to, they're really trying to figure out how you think and they want you to present what you, what your process would be. And in some cases, what you think the answer would be. Does that sound it, Right. Yep, it, right on. And I've done these before and I've done them, you know, uh, live. I, I prefer to do them as like a homework assignment, but this, mm-hmm. but this is what it was. Like, not when it's being timed and someone's like sitting there. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. It's, it's right. just, and, and not only was it a case study, it was a case study completely unrelated to what I was interviewing for. I was interviewing to, um, I, I think maybe transition it's boring something about their benefits department we'll just say Mm -hmm. that um you know so uh yeah they throw they throw this question at me and it's something along the lines of like how i would increase internet conversion rates so what that means is like i go to a website to buy something do i actually buy it so i Again, nothing to do with Totally unrelated, for sure. (laughs) Totally unrelated. Hollywood increased revenue. You know, they had me interpreting different, like, charts from their finance team. It was so, so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And that was my first interview out of four or five. And I just was like a nervous wreck. I blew it. Every interview after that, I was literally shaking. I couldn't hold it together. (laughs) I didn't make any sense. I was just flubbing my way. I feel like I they must have, I don't know what they thought of me, but it, it couldn't have been good. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I got home, I cried. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can talk about this now, but at the time it was probably pretty, um, it, it, it felt pretty bad. It felt terrible because again, this was the first in-person interview I had had since, since taking my break. And I was mm-hmm. like, if this is how it is, uh, there's no way I can't do this. I just cannot. Mm-hmm. And I was I was so embarrassed that I wrote an email to each person I interviewed with explaining oh. what I would actually say if I had not been so shaken. Well, actually, I just want to say that's not such a bad strategy, but it's yeah. so good that you did that. Yeah. I, I actually would recommend that because I, I heard back from everyone and they were and they were thankful, you know, just for putting that out there. That's so, so, you know, good. Um, yeah, I remember I had I and it, uh, this was I actually got this was for my relaunch job that I did get, 
and I did case, I did do some case um, um, interviews. And one of them, I knew I was blowing, blowing it as I was saying the wrong thing. And all I could think about when I was driving home was how I messed up that answer. And then all of a sudden, after the fact, I thought, oh, I know what I should have said. And I did actually email that particular interviewer and say, you know, I've been thinking about our interview all the way home. This is what I think I should have, uh, what, what I think the answer should have been. And I think he changed his view, his answer on me from, or his vote on me from a no to a yes, because of that. Wow. Sometimes that can work for you. So I, I anyway, I'm really I, glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, it, it it did not work for me, but I think, it depends on. The situation. I mean, it can't yeah. hurt. The thing is, there's no hurt. downside, right? No downside, downside. No. The worst thing that happens is what would happen if, if you're going to go get rejected, and you're still going to get rejected, even if you wrote it. No change there, but potentially, if there could could be a, some sort of a switch and someone's vote for you, you have the possibility of it. So always err on the side of doing it when you're in that situation. Exactly, and I feel just personally, emotionally, it brought me some closure. It, mm-hmm. it, and I think just just that that fact alone is reason enough to do that when you feel like you've had an interview go awry. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we all have. It's in your thank you follow-up you know, email. You should, you know, it, it's good to kind of address what you think you probably got wrong if you, you know, because exactly. you know when it goes badly. So, yes. Yeah. Or if- Another situation to do that is if you think you gave an incomplete answer. Yeah. So they're asking you about some experience. Have you had any relevant experience? And you think of maybe one thing and later you think, oh, my gosh, I had the perfect example. I didn't share it. That's another right. example when you might want to include that in the follow-up. Yeah, no, that's yeah. exactly. That's, yeah, that's. That, okay, that is, so you had this horrible great. interview. <laughs> you're feeling yes. embarrassed. You wrote, you wrote to them and now you're moving <laughs> on. So, but, so did that, was that like a giant step back for you? And you thought, oh, yeah. I'm not ready and I'm not going to be ready for like a year or like what happened after that? It was a huge step back. I was just, you know, I lost all my confidence. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, now I can look at it, it, it with a, much more positive perspective. Like I don't, I, as an HR person, I would never put someone through an interview in that order where I give them, where I start them off with something that's just the hardest, hardest piece of the interview process. So anyway, I've definitely forgiven myself and moved on from that. But, um, but no, I stopped searching. I really did. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was 2018. And then some life events happened. We ended up moving back to New York um, and, you know, settling in. That was in kind of early, mid-2019. And I, this whole time I had not been searching. I had just been kind of thrown thrown off, let's say. Right. Um, but but I, I went to your conference in October of 2019. And, yeah, it was um, – I can't say enough good things. It was a confidence booster. I remembered that I could like actually talk to strangers and not sound like I just, you know, was speaking in a foreign language. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> after, after being home with kids and that bad interview experience, mm-hmm. I kind of like, it kind of reminded me, okay, okay, I can do this. And, right. and, and everyone there, you know, the speakers, the employer representatives, so, so, so supportive. And just, I, you know, the, just the detail that you put into 
organizing those conferences is so impressive and it was so helpful for me. Thank you um, for saying that. I mean, we yeah. do say, you know, you walk, you walk in or now it's a virtual, you virtually walk in and uh, you feel like you're, um, you realize you're not alone yes. and you're also um, in a judgment-free environment as far as your career break is concerned. Everyone knows that you took one and that's just part of the conversation. Exactly. Exactly. You don't have to sort of explain it and explain it and explain it as you do in every job interview ever. <laughs> so yes. it's, it's very, yeah, it's just a safe space to just, you know, it, it you know, even if it, even if the returnships don't work out, and I've said this to a few people, it's so 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 worth it just to build your confidence and feel good. Well, thank you for talking about that. And I also know that you've been very involved in our private Facebook group, the I Relaunch Return to Work Forum. You've been really active in it, and I want to yeah. first thank you for doing that. But it's oh, sure. it's just so people know. About 8,000 people within our community are involved in it, and it's probably the most vibrant, interactive segment of our larger relauncher community. I, wow, I didn't realize it was that large. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's growing fast. It's always growing. Oh, my gosh. It's um, – I love it. I think it – you know, it's just – it's it's part support group, it's part advice, it's part, you know, resume tips. It, you know, there's just so much information on that page. Um, mm-hmm. And the nice thing about it, it's, well, it's Facebook, so it's searchable. And you can kind of find, find things if you're a little too nervous to start posting. There's still so much there. And, and um, also, there are people who have are who were in the group for a long time when they were looking to relaunch, have now relaunched, have stayed in the group like you, yes. Renee, and yeah. are now giving advice back to people who are earlier in the process. So that that's just a fabulous part of, of what goes on there. Yeah, and I love that that sort of organically happened because it's just, it, yeah, I can't say it. Enough That's about great. That. Well, let, let's come back to your job, yeah, search, um, sure, because sure. I I want to um I want to know how did you know when you were finally ready when you were really ready and then um if you still experienced rejection and there was a process um how did you keep your spirits up and keep forging ahead? So honestly, my job searching experience <laughs> when I really got into it complete emotional roller coaster because mm-hmm. you're you know you're dealing with rejections they can hit hard sometimes i think when you're unemployed they definitely hit a lot harder right than when you have a job and you can always say to yourself well that didn't work out but i'm still working you know onto the next thing it's a lot harder to do that when you're not working um what i found is that sometimes i needed to just t- recharge take a break, take, you know, I, I sometimes would take a week or a few weeks off from the job search just to sort of regroup and understand that, you know, it's just one piece of my life. Um, Keep the perspective. Yeah. 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 And I, and I guess Mm -hmm. I would say to anyone out there right now, who's just on the hunt, be kind to yourself. It's so much easier said than done, but take those breaks when you feel like the rejections are just bogging you down and getting you to a low confidence level that is not helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, give give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. That's that's such good advice. And I, I remember now you mentioned that you had originally connected with your current employer's chief human resources officer through a job posting, but then there was a long delay during COVID. But did you stay in touch? And then how did that ultimately turn into a job opportunity for you? Yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened. Um, so actually, they're, the company I'm with now, it's a startup called Cedar. Uh, they're fabulous. And we are hiring. I'm just going to give them a plug yeah, because I love them so much. Sure. And they, you know, and we're obviously we're open to, you know, it's a very diverse company. We're open to people like me who haven't worked in a while. Resume gaps are accepted. So yeah, just again, I, you know, pe- on on the the forum, you can find me, reach out to me on you know, LinkedIn, wherever you want to. Um, so I originally, probably in like late 2019, shortly after the conference that I attended, um, early 2020, but but right before the pandemic. Um, their chief people officer, Liz, posted a returnship because mm. she wanted she you know she. She she's fabulous. She's just you know one of the best you know CHROs I've ever worked with. Wow. But um, she wanted someone who had had kind of like you know a, a mix of corporate startup background um, to just bring in a little a little more uh, structure to the company. I think at mm-hmm. the time. But but that all changed. Actually, my my interview, my first interview with her was when. Uh, you know, when we just, you know, the news was just blaring COVID, COVID, COVID. And, uh, you know, we, we, I think I'm trying to think back. It's been a while, but I think we did start to set me up with interviews across the company and everything Mm -hmm. just got canceled. They put, they put that position on hold others. I don't know if they had a hiring freeze, but everything was just, no one knew what was happening. So, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I was kind of bummed about that, but um, I, I, I really, really liked the, just the culture of the company and the way it was explained to me. So it was, it, it just stayed on my radar. I checked in with, um, with Liz every couple months. Um, it was, you know, it, it, again, startup life, things mm-hmm. are just all over the place at all times. Um, uh, they had, I think at one point they had a large acquisition. So that changed the nature of what they thought the people team might be built into. So just like lots of change. So it was, yeah. it was just, you know, it, it seemed like it was never the right time. Um, and then, uh, you know, this year I decided uh, when the school year started with my kids, I, d- I decided like here, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do like the ultimate job search. I'm going <laughs> to put, I am just going to put my resume out there to anyone, to any like application system that is willing to take it, anyone at all. I'll email people. I'll reach out to connections. Um, I, uh, you know, I was doing like, I would say five to 10 applications a day for like two straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um because it's kind of like I've been married for eleven years, but it, I, so I, I don't know for sure. But I feel like it's a little like dating. Like mm-hmm. the more you put yourself out there, the more chance you have of something working out. So right. I, yeah. So that was my, that was just my like I can do this. That was my kind of go get them attitude. I got so 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 many rejections because I put so many th- applications out there, right? But mm-hmm. I actually I actually got. 
a lot of interviews and even a couple, a couple offers too. But the interviews were key because that gave me practice, real, real, real life practice. Even if, you know, a couple of the jobs were just, I knew I wasn't the right fit just from either the company or how they had described the job, but I still went forward with the interview process. Just, you know, it, 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 it doesn't hurt. Always interview. Always interview when you have a chance. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you end up interviewing for one job and then all of a sudden another one appears and you end up with that. So you never know. Right. And that's so so that's a little bit what happened. Um, so I you know, I had I had some offers on my plate. I had been doing this and I was like, you know what? I really, really like Cedar. I really would want to you know, it just seems like a wonderful company to work for. Let me just reach out one last time. Mm. And uh, I think it was the day they posted that they were looking for an organizational development person, not necessarily someone who had been in that field of HR, but someone who had maybe consulting experience, strategy experience, you know, what I have. Mm-hmm. And and I just, I just sent a quick note into Liz. I'm like, you know, what about this? I, I, I didn't tell her, I, you know, that I had other things on my plate because I don't, you know, I didn't want it, a decision made from pressure. But, um, and she was like, yeah, I think, yeah, this is it. This is it. This will be the fit. So. <laughs> that's so great. So that's how it happened. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, that's terrific. And it's so realistic too. Um, just the, the stops and starts, the knowing when you were ready, the putting out so many applications, getting so many um, rejections, and then suddenly getting some traction. And right. that one last outreach, you had already had multiple outreaches back to, um, to Liz, and you just went one more time. So, so many messages there in, in everything that you did. So Renee, I, I wanted to just get a sense of what you do in organizational development and we're coming to the end of our time. So then we're going to skip right to the end uh, for your advice. But first, can you just tell us a little bit more about your role? Uh, sure. Well, um, frankly, I'm learning it too, because <laughs> in my past HR life, I was more of an HR business partner, um, more on kind of the uh, consulting side as well. Um, but, uh, essentially organizational development is, um, you know, we're making sure that we have the right culture, um, an inclusive culture, uh, specifically some of the things I'm taking over, um, employee, when we hire new employees, how do we onboard them and make mm-hmm. them feel like they're part of the team? Um, so that's something that I'm focusing on. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully in the next few months, we can actually start to do that in person. And, you know, that's kind of a big undertaking, but it's, you know, I think I can't wait till we're at that point again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure just plenty more will come onto my plate. I don't know what right. yet, but you know, I'm actually, this is my fourth week. So it's still. Oh, wow. You're very early <laughs> yeah. on. And also it is the nature of a startup or even a startup that's a little further along changes right. the norm. So, so Completely. you are, you're going to, who knows what's, what's going to be thrown your way. And that's part of the interesting challenge of the job. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I love. Yeah. That's great. Um, Well, thank you. That's really helpful to understand that a little more. Um, So Renee, I want to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? Uh, um, 
I guess I would just say that every relaunch or every return to work story is different. Um, you know, no, no two of us have the same backgrounds or life experiences. I would also say that it is hard. There's, n- yeah. you know, you there's no denying how hard it is. And I'm, again, saying that from a very privileged perspective, it was incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also say don't give up, even if that means taking breaks for, you know, a week here, a year here, if you need to just... Just keep it, keep it in your sights, and you know, I, it's it, it, it will happen. It might take a while, but but it will right. definitely happen. Yeah. Very good. Well, Renee, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Carol. This was wonderful. Well, wonderful, wonderful for me too. And thanks for listening to Three, Two, One. I relaunched the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the CEO and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 